Uh, grab your Bibles if you uh, don't have one and uh, uh, raise your hand and uh, somebody will drop you off on a little Bible angel to drop you off a Bible uh, or get your little electronic deal and open it up to uh, the book of Colossians. And we're going to continue this series of messages entitled Greater Than. And uh, it is uh, uh, um, just the message uh, of, of the Apostle Paul to the church at Colossae that uh, this, the people that are coming from all kinds of backgrounds, uh, that no matter what your experience has been, God is greater than that. Through Jesus Christ, changes everything. And, um, you know, thank you for your testimony, Carolyn. I mean, the, your, your um, uh, desire to follow him and walk with him and she demonstrates, you know, how he is, is, is greater than anything that we have or any barrier that, that we may face. So Colossians chapter three, and in a few moments, we're going to be looking at a few uh, verses, uh, verses 12 through 14. But before we do, I just need to, uh, something y'all probably, you know, won't have a hard time believing uh, is that, um, you know, knowing that I've, I've shared with so many of you, you know, growing up in rural Grady, Alabama, population 200, you know, dirt roads and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, very small uh, high school. Uh, but, uh, you know, I was the first one at my school to part my your hair in the middle. And that was the style at that particular time. You know, we're talking about, you know, um, early, early 70s and stuff. I was also the first one to wear pants with cuffs. Okay. And, um, and, and, and as a sophomore, I was, I was voted, you know, and, and it showed up in the, in the yearbook, I was voted best dress. Now I know that, I know that y'all don't have a hard time believing that, you know, given, uh, no, actually, um, uh, you know, uh, the deal was, is that people began looking to me, um, to see, you know, uh, for fashion, to see what was in or, or, you know, what was out. And, you know, if you're thinking that's scary, you're right, because uh, if they were looking to me, they were going to be disappointed for sure. Two reasons. Number one, I didn't have great taste. It was my sister that was really dressing me. You know, she was telling me what was, you know, in style and all that kind of stuff. Uh, number one, I didn't have great taste. And number two, I really didn't have the means. You know, we, as a family, you know, our needs were met, but, you know, to, to, to wear the, the most uh, hip fashion, you know, it takes a lot of, a lot of money. And so uh, you're going, why are you telling us this? Well, hopefully it can help illustrate what God wants to teach us today through this particular passage in the book of Colossians, because it's here that Paul is saying, you know, as Christians, uh, people, uh, we are living advertisements of what God's grace can do. And, and people are going to be looking to us uh, to see exactly what it is that God's grace can do in a person's life, but not just in a person's life, but in a body's life, a church life. Uh, it's in Colossians that, that, that we see that Paul, you know, refers to, to you, but then he refers to you in a different sense. Like, for instance, uh, if I were to say, Nick, will you uh, open up your Bible? Then Nick would know I'm talking to you. But if I were to say, hey, will you open up your Bible? That's a little bit more plural. So I'm talking to y'all, even though we don't say you a lot when we're meaning y'all, uh, you know, down here and down south, but you know, you has a double meaning there. 
It's, it's individual and it's plural. So much of what we see within God's word is he's speaking plural. You, you guys, you new creations, you body of Christ. And instead of this individualistic kind of mentality that we have in America, it's more about community. It's more about how God is working in our lives through relationships and through being a part of the body of Christ. And so he is saying here that people are going to be looking to us as a body and to us individually uh, as an advertisement of what it really means to be a follower of Christ, what God's grace truly can do. And, and our advertisement is not because we have the means, uh, it's not because we have the taste, but it's because Jesus has the means and the resources. Paul was talking about that in Colossians 2. We've got everything that we need in Christ Jesus. And, and he's also uh, got given us a, a, a new appetite and a new desire. So in Christ, it changes everything. And that's what he's saying in this passage, Colossians chapter three, uh, beginning with verse um, 12. Let's read there. Now, <clears throat> after he's saying there's no distinction and, in, 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 you know, uh, there's, there's no differences uh, uh, in, in socioeconomic in any way. When we come to the foot of the cross, the, the, the ground is level. He's saying, because now Christ is all and in all. And in verse 12, he says, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you have uh, against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. This is God's word for us today. Let's go to him in prayer. Father God, we pray that through your living word and through your Holy Spirit, uh, that you would open our minds and hearts to receive what it is that you want to uh, teach us today, to reveal to us today, uh, and how you want your grace to be lavished on us <coughs> to bring about life change so that Lord, instead of people looking in our lives and being confused, uh, but they'd look at our lives and see your grace, your love, uh, and that they would just see Jesus. Um, Lord, would you, uh, through your spirit, give us the courage today to face where we're not walking in obedience and, and the things that have robbed us of the joy of life with you that have robbed us of abundant life and that we would just humbly come before you, lay those things down and embrace um, you, Jesus, and embrace your plans for us and the purpose that you have for us. For we make it our prayer in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so whether you like it or not, people are looking to you to see you know, what it really means to be a Christian. And in a day and time in which we live, it is extremely important, not only our beliefs, but our behaviors for sure. But throughout Colossians, he's been sharing with us what God's grace can do, how God's grace transforms us. And he's wanting to transform me and you today, no matter how long you've been walking with Christ, he's wanting to do a work in your life today.
And so the good news is, you know, his grace can turn a self-centered, heartless husband into a compassionate soulmate. You know, his grace can turn a self-absorbed teenager into a sensitive and kind friend. His grace can turn a brash, egotistical boss into a considerate leader who has the other's best interests at heart. His grace can turn a heart full of bitterness and resentment into a heart filled with love and forgiveness. His grace transforms us, and that's what we need each and every day of our life. And so there's practical ways in which his grace does that, and, and that's what we want to look at today. Um, and at first, it's just uh, agree with God and get real every single day with who we really are, who I am in Christ, understanding my uh, true identity. Uh, some of the struggles that Carolyn was speaking to is like seeing our identity as separate, you know, than, than that being in Christ Jesus, a new creation. So it's getting real every single day with who I really am. You know, I'm not just some sick sinner. I'm not, you know, just, you know, some pilgrim just going through this journey in life that happened to find a little uh, Jesus out there and a little hope for him. No, 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 no. When we come into a relationship, that's what he's been saying. When we come into a relationship, we are transformed now and we are changed. And now as followers of Christ, there is a sanctifying process that we're going through as we seek him and we obey his word. And, and these are some of the things that he's saying to us today. So it's just relishing uh, and, and allowing ourselves to marinate in the reality of who we are. An example of that is, you know, um, I know there's, uh, we got a lot of sports fans out there and, and uh, you know, uh, there's these big days in the sports world, you know, like in professional sports that make or break teams and it's called the, the, the draft, you know, and uh, it's big news and it's become really publicized and all that kind of stuff uh, as far as, and the excitement behind the draft, because when you are drafted as an individual, that means you're something special, that you've got something good to offer. And, uh, and it, it can, you know, make a big difference, uh, not only to the team, but also to the fan base, because, you know, I'm special. I mean, and it affirms all of that hard work that you've been doing. Well, this passage is reminded, uh, reminding us that we uh, as individuals and we as the body of Christ, we've been drafted, but it's not because we're so special. Matter of fact, it's, it's what makes us special is the fact that we have been drafted by God. We're not special until we get drafted by God. Uh, and there's a, there's a, there's a, a passage uh, in, in, these, in, the, in this passage in the Bible gives three key words uh, that really are, are life-changing. And this is what Paul says, beginning in verse 12. He says, uh, therefore, because of all that God's done, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. So remind myself, I am chosen by God. If you are a follower of Christ, it's not your own doing. It's because of God's grace and because of God's initiative. You are chosen by him. You know, and um, uh, again, my being chosen by God is not because, well, you know, I'm a, been a pretty good guy. I'm pretty smart and all that kind of stuff. And no, no, you know, I'm chosen by God just simply out of his grace and his mercy. And uh, there's a passage in Deuteronomy chapter seven that, that reminds us of this. It says, for you are 
a people, as he's speaking to the people of Israel, you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be his people, his treasured possession. The Lord did not choose you and lavish his love on you because you were larger or greater than any other nation, for you were the smallest of all nations. So it's not any sense of pride that we're going, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm there. No, you know, it's God's set the precedence right there. It's not based on anything that we do, any way that we perform, any achievement that we have. It's simply because of God's grace and his initiative. And so he, Paul is reminding us, you know, based out of all that he said, he's saying, and it's really interesting here that, you know, he's just preaching the gospel. Before he starts telling them some practical stuff to do, he preaches the gospel again. Gospel. He said, now here's the God. You are chosen, but not only that, but you are holy. You are set apart for God. God's got a plan. God's got a purpose for your life. Our life collectively as a body of Christ, this new nation of followers of Jesus Christ collectively, not doing life individualistically. And again, it's so hard for us many times to, 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 to read God's word without seeing it through the lens of Western culture, this individualistic culture. Uh, it is, it, we must broaden it to see it through God's eyes uh, collectively as we do life together in a part of his. So he says, you are chosen, you are holy, and you are dearly loved. You're doubly loved. Jesus loved us. He denied himself for our sake. We are loved. If we want to know what love is, true love is, Jesus is love. And he's saying, I want you to remind yourself of that every single day. I want you to remember who you are, know your true identity. And then he goes into sharing with us eight different character traits or, or moral actions, if you would, on how we are to clothe ourselves every day. We, we're, we're continuing this mindset. We were, already, we were already introduced to that where he says, hey, put this off and put this on. Uh, being a uh, Christian is a two-step process, doing the two-step. Take off, put on. Get rid of this, hold on to this. And uh, so he's sharing that as Christians, that this is what enables me and you to live not only the abundant life, the fulfilled life, but to live a life that is an advertisement that to the glory of God, that, that, that helps people see Jesus. You've you often heard us talk about, you know, let, you know, be Jesus with skin on. Well, we can't unless we get dressed in this way. And all of this stuff flows out of who we are the gospel that he had already shared. And so here's what he's saying. He's saying, clothe, you know, yourself. And it's number one with compassion, with compassion. And this is simply an attitude of value for people rather than looking down on people, rather than uh, uh, having uh, these different levels of, of importance. It's seeing everyone through the eyes of God, looking at every person with this attitude of value, especially seeing the weak and needy and, and having this compassion. He says uh, here, he says, clothe yourselves with compassion, sums, you know, of the heart. Uh, the, the actual rendering of that is from the bowel, you know, uh, uh, this compassion from the bowels, you know, and it's like uh, when you, you, we talk about, you know, I love you with all my heart. And, and really, in, in this setting, it's like, I love you with all my bowels. 
And you're going, well, that's weird. Well, but you know, when you first fell in love, you felt it in your stomach. You felt it there. And it's going, I mean, this is this deep essence of who you are. It flows out. So he said, I want you to put on compassion. Clothe yourselves with compassion. And now we, we begin to think of uh, our attitudes uh, as we go through uh, our day-to-day living, as we're living at home, as we uh, are doing life with our, our families or, or our spouse or our friends, uh, or as we're driving Atlanta roads, he, he's saying, clothe yourself with compassion. But, but we often think, well, wait a minute, there's, there's, there's exceptions here, you know, to where I don't want no. He said, I want you to put on compassion every single day. And then he keeps on going. He says, not only this, and, and by the way, compassion is the antidote to this self-preoccupation, this selfishness uh, that is so predominant in, in our world today is, you know, me, myself, and I, you know, uh, now clothe yourself with kindness, kindness. This is uh, not just some, you know, syrupy, sweet kind of something or other, but this is this gracious sensitivity and action toward other people. And it's not just a feeling. This is also an action. Put on kindness. And, and this is really triggered by this genuine desire to see others uh, good as much as you see your own good. Put that on. When you get up, when you get up, you put on compassion, you put on kindness, and then he goes on to say humility. Here's another, put on humility. Uh, and this is, the humility is really the proper estimate of ourselves, you know, and, and, you know, you've probably heard me say, humility is not thinking less of yourself, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm just nothing, no, but humility is really thinking of yourself less, instead of always thinking, you know, about how this is impacting me. Matter of fact, some of the compassionate things that we do, and the, and the kind things we do, is because we think there's going to be some return to us. It's like, okay, this is going to position me to be in pretty good, you know, uh, play. Well, no, humility is thinking of yourself less, not less of yourself, but just, you know, it's really exhausting. And one of the reasons that people are, are, are confused, tired, worried, it is because it's so exhausting how much we think of ourselves. It's, it's you know, you know, well, you know, like, what do you think of me and how I'm saying? It's just, it's exhausting. But he said, what I want you to do is I want you to put on this humility that frees you up to think of yourself. You're not just always thinking about yourself and how everything, you know, affects you. Uh, but it frees you up to focus on others. I mean, this is what heaven will really be like. You know, where we're just focused on the glory of God and the holiness of God. You know, we're not, it's not about self. He said, I want you as a follower of mine to put on compassion and put on kindness, to put on humility. And if you want to, if you want a good dose of humility, read Philippians chapter two, verses one through 11. And, and you'll see in the life of Jesus, what that really looks like. Then he says, I want you to put on this gentleness. Uh, another word for meekness. And, and uh, we were looking at this earlier, but you know, this is power under control. This is, you know, this great stallion, but under control. Uh, it leaves people intact. This gentleness, it, you know, you're able to constructively criticize someone in a way that leaves them intact and that they are, they see it as helpful. 
not as judgmental. Boy, we could use a lot more of that, wouldn't it? Well, a good example of, of this gentleness is this power under control is, you know, I picture mornings when, when our, all our kids were little mornings with, with all those kids come traipsing down there and, you know, they're all hungry and they, oh, we're looking for, our, you know, our, our, our homework and all our books and get the clothes and all this kind of stuff. Uh, instead of responding in frustration, it's responding with gentleness. Okay, he said, I want you to put on gentleness. There's a lot of teaching that needs to go on. There's a, there's a, there's a lot of changing that needs to happen, but do it in gentleness, in gentleness. And then he says, put on patience. That patience is basically just a long fuse. You know, you're, you're, you've got a long fuse. You, you don't give up on anybody, not even self, but it's refrain, it refrains from taking revenge, uh, willing to endure wrongs. You know, when there's frustrating people and there's frustrating circumstances, and it's just this long fuse instead of the short fuse. Now, as, as we're looking at some of these things, we're kind of going, man, I'm striking out a lot. You know, I'm not seeing some of this stuff. That's okay, because God in his love for you is not condemning you, but he's saying, uh, maybe, maybe you're trying to do this, this stuff on your own. Maybe you're trying to live this Christian life on your own. Maybe you're still trying to be the director of your life. But this, this, isn't, this isn't the fashion uh, that, that, that brings glory to God and that draws people into the light of Jesus Christ. Uh, but put on patience. And then he says, bear with one another. Bear with one another. Uh, you know, when we first began this church and, you know, before we even began, we had a leadership team and we, and, and we started out with this axiom number one. We just, here's axiom number one. Everybody's messed up. Okay, let's all be on the same page as this. It ain't no goody two shoes around. Everybody's messed up. You know, uh, we are all a little bit strange in some way, you know, and uh, if, if, if you don't feel a little bit strange in some way, then um, spend more time in prayer. And um, no, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, I mean, we've got our weaknesses. We've got our rough edges. You know, uh, we're, we're, nobody's perfect. But what he's saying here is put up with. I mean, live in, live in the reality. I mean, you, you, there's these odd, you know, rough edges. You know, you're, and you're not just harping on that. Just, just put up with it. That's what God's grace can do. By the way, that's a, this is a good recipe for, for a good marriage, you know, put up with. <laughs> okay. Um, the, bear, bear with each other. Uh, and then he goes on to say, forgive. Look what he says. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. Forgive. You know, I've, how many times, and maybe you felt this uh, before, uh, you know, it's like someone said, you know, I mean, I want to forgive them, but I don't feel like I can. Well, we're messing. I mean, we've got it all wrong right there. I mean, again, this is the American mentality and culture. You know, forgiveness is a choice. God chose to forgive me and you. Jesus didn't feel like it. Now, matter of fact, he demonstrated how he didn't feel like it when he sweat drops of blood saying, Father, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. Uh -uh. 
But love acts, forgiveness acts, it is a choice. It is a choice. You know, uh, and how does God forgive me and you? Well, he says he remembers it no more. Uh, and he doesn't hold it against us. We've, we've already been taught this. He remembers it no more. He doesn't hold it against us. But how many times have we, even in the Christian community, says, well, I'm going to forgive you, but, you know, I'm not going to forget. And I'm, I'm, we're not going to be friends. I mean, it's going to take a long time for, you, for us to... Here we're going, wait a minute. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. He says, I don't hold that against you. Even though that sin that you that right now that you know is sin, that that you've asked me for forget and before and before and before. I'm not going I'm not holding that against you. I remember it no more. Wow. That's 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 a, that's a quite a list of garments right there. But of of those seven things, what do you notice about these seven attitudes or character traits? It's, it's not rules. This is not Paul saying. Therefore, you buy by this rule, 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 rule. Don't do this. Don't do that. You know, you can't smoke, drink, smoke, drink, country chew, hang around folks. Do and it's not a bunch of rules. This is not what we're talking about. We're talking about a relationship with a living Lord. And as he's laying these different character traits out, as we look at them, but this is just, this is Jesus. This is the love of Jesus. And that's exactly what he says in, in verse 14. He says, and over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So we're getting, we're getting up and we're saying, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm putting on this compassion. Uh, it, it's not my compassion because I don't have the means and I didn't have the taste to come up with this. This is yours because I, I, I'm alive in Christ and, and I'm a child of the King. And all. so I'm putting on all this stuff. He said, put on all this stuff and then put on love. It's, love is the belt that holds all this together. It brings it all together. It allows us to, to develop and, and mature. Uh, Paul says in Romans 5, 5, he says, this hope does not disappoint us for God has poured out his love into our hearts by means of the Holy Spirit. God has poured this love out. Galatians 5 says that love is a fruit of God's spirit. It's in, I want every day, what I want you to do is I want you to put on this love. Now, the reality check for us is that these things are really, really, really expensive. Matter of fact, you can't afford this stuff. You, you, there's no way that you can do it. The reality check is that we can make some adjustments, but we can't sustain any of this apart from God's grace and God's transforming work in our life. Um. Quite often, I look out here, uh, and and I see some some of you, you know, come in and got your Braves, you know, jersey on, or some of you um, are not dressing for success, and you wear your UGA shirt or something like that, 
and some of you, you know, really sharp, dapper dress, uh, dressing people wear your Auburn, you know, little stuff in. Um, uh, the, thank you, Steve. Yeah, Auburn. Um, the truth of the matter is, is, is what you wear is a reflection of who you are. You know, my, my daddy was that. He was always just, you know, being a country boy. I mean, it's just, he, he instilled. What you wear is a reflection of who you are and whose you are. So, so it's here that, that Paul is saying, if you're going out, if you're living the Christian life, if you go home, if in the ride home, uh, and you're not wearing this stuff, you're reflecting the world and not, not, not the grace of Jesus Christ. I mean, if you go to work and you're not dressing with this stuff, there, and the truth is so often we go out and we're not wearing this. And that's one of the reasons why the world is so confused. And, and why there's a lot of pushback. Because while we've experienced the grace of Jesus Christ, it's this process of every single day putting this on. And so the challenge for us from what, what Paul is saying and for us today is simply to this. Every single day, get up, get up and, and ask, because all of this flows out of the love of Jesus Christ. It's what holds up. Ask, ask God to fill you with his love. And Jesus is love. He's in you, Christ in you, the hope of glory. And, 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 and have a mental note of this as, as we get up every single day. Instead of just going about, you know, thinking about what this, you know, this day is and my responsibility. You know, first and foremost, before you see the face of man, seek the face of God and ask him to do this, to help you dress in and, and, and this wardrobe that he's provided. For his glory and for your good. And, and as you're doing that and you're saying, Jesus, I want you to, to help me dress, dress me, you know. Uh, and and, and, and uh, he, he points out, well, you, you see that right there? That's, you, you see that fit of anger? You, you see how you just uh, kind of put that person down? You see, and, and he's going to be showing you some sin that you've been putting on. And, and what do we do with that? You know, there's therefore now no condemnation. Well, we go all the way back to verse five. You know, we circle back around. He says, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your flesh, the old man, put it to death, take it to the cross and just put it to death. Say, that is no wonder, no wonder people are confused because I've been wearing this. I've been wearing this. It's been saying self is most important. But I want, you know, I don't know. He's going to point it out. And it, it could be that you have not been patient or that you're, you're not uh, uh, putting up with some rough edges in other people. And you just got to have your way. What, whatever it is that, he, or, or that you're, you're not forgiving. Take it and, and nail it. And put it on the cross. Put it to death. And, and then allow him to clothe you. And these things. And, and then the next day when you get up and you go, well, I put that same. Somehow or another, I got that same me, myself, and I. Uh, I'm the most important. I put that back on. Somehow 
during the course of that, take it, put it back on the cross. Because, see, he, he has forgiven you. He remembers it no more, and he does not hold it against you. And every day, allow him to clothe you in such a way to where you will be able to experience the abundant life and that people will see Jesus through you. <clears throat> I, I shared with our guys yesterday morning at, at uh, breakfast on Friday, I, I went to uh, the funeral of one of our friends and um, uh, her mother, uh, our friend's mother died and, and she was 98 years old, 98 years old. And, and the church, it was a big church uh, down in Fayetteville, Georgia, and, and it was just packed with all these people. And, and if there was ever a Proverbs 31 woman, I mean, she was just it. I mean, but she was, you know, she wasn't just in your face. I mean, but she was a prayer warrior. She loved people and, and, and she impacted so, so, so many people. Uh, I mean, of course, you know, she um, uh, was, you know, South Georgia woman and all that kind of stuff, dressed to the hilt, this, that, and the other. And, like you know american idol and you know and she you know she lived a real life you know and you know, all that kind of stuff but so it was just a real quick deal 98 years old about a couple of months ago she couldn't swallow it well boom she went to the doctor and boom you know and i mean it just went downhill quickly but the pastor you know went by her house and was talking to her and, and you know it's pretty obvious that 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 she didn't have long to live and they began to talk about this, this celebration of life service. And, and, he, and he said, she gave me one instruction. He said, this is what I want you to do. She said, this is what I want you to tell them about Jesus. Tell them about Jesus. There were so many things to talk about, about her life and, and her amazing life. But she said, here, tell them about Jesus. What are you telling people around you about Jesus because see you are a living advertisement what you wear is a reflection of who you are and whose you are let's pray together father God thank you so much for your amazing love and your amazing grace and right now I just pray that through that your holy spirit that you would just um Lord, help us individually and collectively as the body of Christ own up to the things that you're pointing out to us. There's a situation, there's an event, there's an individual to where it is very clear that we've not put on these things. Instead of we've embraced the things that belong to the old man. May we humble ourselves before you so that you can lift us up. And if there's someone here today that's, um, you, want a, you want new life, you want a new lease on life, you want, you want hope, you want peace, you want joy, you want, you want to be uh, unshackled from the prison of, of, uh, of uh, all your failures, to be liberated, Jesus is the answer. And today, he gives you the opportunity to choose him to be your Lord and Savior. My prayer is that you would do that and that you would allow us to come alongside of you to help you understand 
all that that means. But you do that just between you and him by asking him to come into your life today. Certainly hope you do that in Jesus' name. Amen.